I'm so ready. I have I have been I gotta calm down. I gotta calm down. We're gonna be very cringe. I'm ready. I know. I like I was just do, I was doing a testing like recording to make sure everything was set up properly and I was like, God, I'm already so annoying. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna look back on this in like three years or something and be like, Wow, we were so we were so cringe about Avatar. Calm down about Avatar, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> of Movies That Whip. I'm Gooey, joined as always by Adriel. How's it going, bud? I'm doing so good. I'm so happy to be talking to you. It's 2023. I love hearing your voice. I love Avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do oh, this. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> did you did you do anything yeah. fun? For New Year's? Well, we were chilling at home and then Nico had like a like a New Year's stream going on, so we were hanging out. Oh, nice! Uh, just hanging out around the house It was pretty fun. That's how nice. about you? I went to. I I love New Year's actually. I am one of the rare people. It seems that actually, like I I just have no expectations for it, and I just treat it like someone's birthday, but the birthday girl isn't there. She didn't show up, <laughs> and you just get to party and hang out. So I had a lot of fun. I went to my favorite bar. And we just like hung out with a couple of friends. It was great. It's like it's like the Earth's birthday. It totally. Like, you did a rotation. Good job, buddy. We did it. We did it. Uh, <laughs> here we are again. And like, I don't really set like result. You know, I don't know. I don't think about like it, it's gonna set the tone for the rest of the year. Like, obviously, that's not that's not true. <laughs> so, yeah. and that's too much pressure. Everyone always says that. They're like, it's too much pressure for New Year's, and I just I take all the pressure off and. Uh, I just have a good time. So yeah, yeah, same. Just enjoy. We're just chilling, enjoying ourselves. You know, yeah. So we're here today to discuss Avatar: The Way of Water, which we're following up a few months ago. We did our Avatar: The Original episode, and we saw this like right. I I mean, I saw it right. Actually, I saw it the night it came out, and you know, like you said, it's the New Year's. It's a new year, and it's been, like, really hard, actually, to, like, not fully spoil our podcast. We've we've been chatting about it and stuff, but I've been thinking, like, oh, I want to, you know, talk to you in person about it, not just through messaging, and it's been tough. I know, me too, <laughs> me too. We, there, you started the, the Avatar, what is it called? Oh my god, I'm so old. The chat room, what the hell is it called on Discord? Oh, Avatar, I think she, 
I think it's just called a, a channel? channel. A channel? I don't know either. I'm 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 too old to really understand Discord too. <laughs> it's a server and then a channel. It's a channel, but it's a, the whole <laughs> thing is essentially an AIM chat room anyway. So like whatever. Yes, um, we brought back chat room. Yeah. So you started that, and so we like talked a little bit, and I was like, I gotta calm down because I'm I, I'm just. It's a, it's okay though. We can get it all back out. Within the first five minutes of the movie, I was like, I feel like I need to like text uh, <laughs> Goo about like one thing that I saw in the opening montage. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could have watched it together. Maybe we can watch it again together, you know, uh, this summer. Maybe, yeah, that would be fun. we end up hanging out. We'll see. For sure. Uh, maybe if Andy's there too, um, that'd be yes. cool. Yes, yes. Uh, well, speaking of, let's do a little, we'll promote a little bit. If you're listening, I think I have it in the, you know, the notes I post on every episode, but a link to the Discord. And so you could come in there. It's really just the, like the three of us chatting about it. But if you want to talk to some people who are really into Avatar and Avatar The Way of Water, you can come into the virtual theater Discord and chat it up about this movie because um, there's always going to be new stuff to talk about i feel like new mm-hmm. thoughts new feelings especially upon rewatch i wanted to watch it again but i haven't had the chance to um so i'm going i'm going in with kind of you know it's been like a m- almost a month now mm-hmm. not not quite three weeks so but i'd like to watch it again because i i had a blast in the theaters this is a great experience um and yeah i don't know here we are <laughs> yeah so did you see it at a um well it's not a midnight showing. They don't necessarily have to be at midnight anymore. They just do it like the night before at like 8 p.m. They just start at, yeah. Yeah, I think the earliest showings were like, it start, It was like all day through the afternoon and all this stuff. Um, so it, it, it actually premiered a day early is what you're telling me. <laughs> that's that's what they do now. Yeah, that's like every huh. movie is like that. It's sort of like how like Black Friday starts on Thursday night now. Like everything sure. is just constantly moving forward. Uh, because everyone's tried to beat everyone else out, but then that just becomes the standard. So everything yeah, just changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I went on Thursday. I was surprised that this wasn't also just immediately on Disney Plus. Oh no no no! <laughs> like they can't do that. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't, but I'm just no, saying. Well, I this is you know one of the few movies left. One of the few people left who really has that pull. Like the only other movie this year that really was like that was Top Gun uh, mm-hmm. Maverick. Um, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. He's the... He, I, he would never... He would never just have... If that's the equivalent of going, like, straight to DVD. Yes. But but at the same time... Like, we've talked... I think we've talked on multiple podcasts here of how it's just it's just kind of become the standard. And I think, I think that whole experience... And, like, movies in general have been devalued and so i liked that like there are some holdouts of course it's like these legends from yesteryear but i mean that's mm-hmm. i don't i mean i mean not to tangent too much but that's kind of what top gun was actually like about <laughs> was right how he's the last like movie star <laughs> or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah avatar holden holding strong here in theaters it'll eventually Hell yeah come to disney plus and all that good stuff but yeah. Did so? Did you also you saw it in uh, in three D as well? Yes. Yes. You so you you didn't. You went with your mom, right? Yep. I went with my mom and my uh, friend from like high school who 
uh, on our previous episode, I talked about my first viewing, of, my viewing of the first Avatar, which yes, I was in okay. the, the same exact theater because I oh, was home wonderful. in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, at the at the Century or whatever it is, Century Twenty One. Mm. No, that's a clothing <laughs> store. Anyway, it's one of those, and uh, I don't know what it's called. Um, but my we went on a, a matinee showing. Me and Casey and my mother, and my mother was very reluctant because she did not like the first one. Just cause, she didn't like hate it. She just was like, "This is so stupid." She just thought it was dumb, um, <laughs> okay. which like fair enough. And um, uh, Casey was super excited to see the second one. He was like, "Oh my god! Like no one wants to see it with me. Like let's go." Um, and we saw it at a matinee, and it was five dollars for the ticket. That's some Sioux Falls prices right there. Um, and we did not see wow. it in 3D. We just saw it in regular... Regular D. Yeah, regular D, regular old 2D. And it was kind of like a shitty like screen and projector. Like I could kind of tell like that this was like, you know, had seen better days. Like they, it hadn't been sure, updated yeah. in a while. But it still <clears throat> looked awesome. Like it still looked like it, it, leagues better than the first one, which was also amazing. Um, and... Yeah, it was great. There, there weren't that many people in the theater, but there were were more than I, more than I expected. I bought the tickets the day early, thinking like, oh yeah, no, you got to get tickets, and um, we were the only people in the theater when I bought the oh, tickets. Oh really? Wow. <laughs> so there ended up being like you know ten or fifteen people in the theater total. Okay, ours wasn't like super packed. I don't think, but it there was like plenty of people there. And then now, looking at the, uh, we'll talk about the numbers later, but. Uh, Certainly, that wasn't indicative of anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, in terms of how it was going to do, but I did. Yeah, we so we saw it. Actually, you reminded me. I think next weekend I may be hanging out with my buddy who I originally saw the first one with, and I think I told that story. Um, I don't, but we don't have plans, so maybe I'll suggest like, hey, let's. Mm. He, he's probably already seen it, but maybe I'll throw that out there. Good opportunity to see it again. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we saw it Thursday. It was me and McKenna and my buddy Connor. And um, it, yeah, we saw the, so we saw the 3D. And I, I wouldn't actually tell you um, about the glasses. You asked about the 3D glasses. Yes. And I, yes. I showed you a picture. And I was shocked because, so the past decade or so of 3D movies, and this, we'll get into talking about some of the movie here. Um, like, it really, it's just not been that fun of an experience to me. Like, I always mm-hmm. felt like <clears throat> the movie, just like the, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I always felt like the movie, with, when you got the glasses on or whatever, the movies always look darker <laughs> for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, yeah. The glasses, w- with me, a glasses wearer, never, they just never fit very well eventually you just sort of like go with it and you're like okay i can kind of make do um but here like much like much like the original i feel like really pushed a lot of things forward like this one it felt like like it did not like a few minutes in like i just did not even notice i was wearing the glasses anymore just visually how everything looked and then I, on top of that just the comfortability those glasses i don't know what it is like they they slid right over top of my glasses maybe it's just my glasses and they fit like perfectly it felt like 
I don't know if they actually did this, but it felt like it was designed to like sit comfortably on your face, even if you wear glasses. That would because... be very smart of them to do because tons <clears throat> of people wear glasses. It wasn't exactly this, but it felt like it like clicked in. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just like I put it on. I was like, whoa, you know, and then like amazing. And so like I, I didn't have that thing where when the movie started where I kind of had to like with a lot of ones I've seen where I had to kind of like a few minutes and get immersed. It was like immediately like, oh, these fit fine. Like, um, I don't know. I, I like walked out at one point to go like use the restroom or whatever. And it just, it felt normal. Like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't even realize <laughs> I was wearing them still. And I came back, sat down. It was like, which is great. Cause it made it so much easier to like get immersed in the movie. So that's you know, cool. Hats off to the 3D glasses tech. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because I just remember, like, whatever the old the ones that were like made of like <clears throat> cardboard and like you know cling film, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, oh and they yeah. They were like so <laughs> shitty. And then for a while, they started having like, oh, you can take these home. You know, like they're they're not like either the rental plastic ones or the shitty cardboard ones. But those, like, didn't really work either, and you could not see anything at all if you weren't looking at the screen. So uh, it seems like they, this is not, like, rocket science. Like, I'm sure that, you know, if if James Cameron wanted to put some R&D into figuring out better 3D glasses that fit better and work better, this would not be too difficult. So maybe he maybe he put some I, some time into this. I feel like it's it's got to be... It's got to be him. <laughs> it's got. At least, I agree. Because, like, <laughs> like I said, I I can't remember the last 3D movie I saw, um, but I've mm-hmm. definitely seen a few over the years. It's like I can recall like seeing. Uh, I saw like Guardians of the Galaxy in 3D at one point. I think I saw like a Star Trek. Maybe I think I mm-hmm. saw like the because I had like you know I I could, for a while I had like the movie pass. I could just see free movies or whatever. So this is not. I saw the freaking Dumbo movie in 3D. Whoa. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Looked horrible. Hell yeah. Like it looked horrible. So like, <laughs> and it's the- funny. I, the the last one that I saw was actually Titanic in 3D when they like re-released oh, it. Oh hell yeah! Like t- ten more than ten years ago, um, and that was the last one I saw. So it'd be fitting if I went and saw another James Cameron movie in 3D. <laughs> Should we just talk about? We'll get to everything else, but I was thinking about just the visual aspect of this movie because that's that's the one thing. Like every like, even people are like, oh, it's, it, people will say like, oh, the movie it just it's all visuals and it's nothing else. I don't agree with that, but it is kind of like one of the standout things that everyone's talking about. So we're already mm-hmm. here. We might as might as well talk about it. But um, the three the actual like three D in the movie. I thought was sick. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was, it was, it, the, it felt like I, I, this is where I'm like, I sound so cringe, but it was like everything had this like depth. It wasn't like, mm. it didn't feel like gimmicky. You know what I mean? Like I was actually like immersed into the movie in yeah. a way. I feel like it would stand yeah. up fine in 2d, but for me, like, yeah, I was like fully into it. That's cool because it definitely was not gimmicky because, uh, again, like, 
the the yesteryears of 3D movies where they would have like stuff like Mupp you know like Muppet Vision 3D at like Disney World and they're like mm. you know there's all these gimmicks about like stuff coming at the camera and whatever yeah I actually kind of like that too but, but and I love that I love that's <laughs> one of my favorite attractions at MGM but um the um those like they're making fun of the fact that like this is this is like what 3D movies were doing in like the late 90s. Um, and this one just didn't have that, it didn't have any of that. So I would be interested to see it in 3D and see how it enhanced it because there were no like obvious parts where I was like, oh man, this would probably be really cool in 3D. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was immersive without that at all. So it'd be cool to see it that way. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Um, the, the visuals in general, I thought it would, you know, that was an awesome aspect of that movie it, it it almost goes like without saying at this point but um in terms of like how i was making the comparison of like 3d movies over the past decade like i saw someone make this point and i i strongly agree with it um it's it's the idea of like making these big cg spectacle movies like there's i think there's a lot of people who are just like they don't they just don't like that in general. And I, I sort of, whatever, if you feel that way, like, obviously, um, mm-hmm. respect that. But I think oftentimes, like, CG, the concept of CG, I think we said this in the last episode, it gets a bad rap. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think the reason is, is that, uh, sure, like, Avatar, it did all these th- things that, like, are amazing and, like, it really pushed the technology, you know, a lot. But I think in the mm-hmm. in the ten years following, like we just we haven't really seen like we haven't seen anyone take that and like run with it and like make a really cool looking movie that and I think that's why kind of like CG kind of gets a bad rap because I think a lot of the movies like inspired by or using the technology or whatever just don't harness it well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's how we end up. I'm not saying all movies have been like this, but a good deal of them like just lean on it and they kind of make like these movies that are dull looking, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. like, so it was like going into this one, it was crazy to see a movie that looks, I think so much better than like 90% of those big spectacle movies of the past 10 years. And we probably won't see many movies like it until like avatar three, you know? Right. So that yeah, that really blew my mind. I mean, it it, it I mean, truly, it is mind blowing to watch thinking that like these are not real creatures, especially like the whales, which we will get into the whales later. Oh, we'll talk I, whales, yeah. Whatever they're whatever they're called, the Tolkuns, Tolkuns, whatever. The 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 JRR Tolkums. But what I was gonna say about the CG is like, so I recently watched Thor: Love and Thunder, and like I was with my friend and her kids who were like five and twelve or whatever, and. God, that movie looked like ass. I mean, I'm if you like it, like sweet. I like a lot of movies that look like ass, so whatever. But God, like the costumes looked like shit, and like the sets looked like rented, you know. And the big CG, like either action sequences or the um, like there was a couple of scenes where like the setting was in like a big, clearly like computer generated area um and like those were the only parts that looked 
okay. And so I feel like there's this weird expectation where we both, like CG gets kind of a bad rap as being like, oh, an easy way out or um, or just being kind of like low budget and shitty. And also being the expectation and oftentimes like the best part of a lot of movies because it's a lot cheaper to get uh, animators and people to make these, uh, these set models on a computer than it is to like actually design them and make them physically and make them usable and so it becomes mm-hmm. like this like cheap way for for you know companies like like the like marvel right to be the producers of marvel to like make things that are presentable enough but like are still cheap and they and they look cheap you know and it's not that the cg is like really bad it's just that like it's sort of the it's the the low bar uh of that in in conjunction with like the bad looking action and the bad looking costumes, you know? Um, And I also think that there's, I was thinking about this, like, I just kept being like, how are they doing this? Like, how does this work? How is this like happening? And for me, that is definitely part of the, the movie magic of it all. You know, it's it's like watching people do crazy, crazy stunts. But I I think that there's something about CG that people, that, when I watched the first one, I was kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, it looks cool. Like, how, how, not how hard could it be, but just kind of like, it didn't impress me. That don't impress mm. me much. You know what I mean? I just was like, oh, well, like, you know, we can do anything with computers these days, which makes me sound like I'm a hundred years old. But, um, but I also think that it's just, if you don't have like a, I, I personally, like, I'm not a, uh, an artist that works like with graphics and on a computer, you know? And so, I think that in the same way that I'm not a musician, I can't pick out, I can't pick out instruments very easily. I can't pick out, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there, you know, there's just things that if you don't they just really kind of like, don't, they kind of go over your head or in a sort of yeah, way. Yeah, exa- like exactly. Stupid or whatever, but like, no, it's exactly. Not like I have an ear uh, for. Totally. There's a band that I love and I went and saw their concert and I was like, oh my God, I thought this was like electronic music and it's just a f- fully a band. Like, okay, what is yeah, wrong yeah. with me? <laughs> like, and uh, so I think I, that there's like that element too, to this, like, you know, to the CG of it all. Yeah, probably varies per person. I know what you mean, because I'm oftentimes, I don't want to toot my own horn, because I'm, I'm like dumb as shit when it comes to music, but I'll be like <laughs> listening to a song and I'll be like, oh, the bass line is so sick. And someone will be like, like, I can't even, like, hear the bass. <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? It's so sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's totally. Like so yeah. yeah. So, so like, I think that that's, that's part of the, the, the issue is, like, you don't, it's, it's both mm-hmm. the expectation, it has a bad rap, and also we don't really understand it. kind of just kind of washes over us, you know? I think, too, like, I think, though, these movies, especially this one now, maybe because it's newer, like, they maintain that, like, because that's one of the best feelings, like you said, in movies is watching it and being like, how did they do this? You know what I mean? Like, it's like a magic mm-hmm. trick. I think it this maintains that a little bit. And maybe it's because I saw like, you know, they I think they're smart about this. And a lot of movies do this. Like, I think I've name dropped like uh, in Jungle Cruise. I saw some like featurette <laughs> someone posted where the rocks like, oh, I, like I did all my own stunts or whatever. And you like watch the clip and you're like okay but what did you what did you really do you know like it doesn't Mm -hmm. like they're trying to maintain that like kayfabe to use a wrestling term of like you know (laughs) like what happened here but like it just doesn't click but then i saw like a featurette of this where they actually they were just showing that one shot from the trailer with the hand that we talked about 
and mm-hmm. you see like what all went into it and you're like damn so then so like that part of the marketing then i go into the movie and like all the time i'm seeing things and i'm now realize like it's like oh like it wasn't just like hey they they opened up the computer and like made it there you know so like i'm you're, i'm thinking about all the different techniques that went into it you know like um i think that that's an aspect in all of james cameron's movies like we talked about on um i was over on omega metroid we were talking about aliens and there's like these parts that they mix all these different types of artistry to like make a scene you know of like a matte painting with a cool set design with some computer generated graphics and it all comes together and makes like something like that you could never visualize with just one of those things or you couldn't even imagine it's something you know, you've never Mm -hmm. seen before. And that also makes me go like, wow, like, how did they do this? (laughs) You know, even if I kind of know how they did it, it still blows me away. And I think this movie definitely made me feel that way often, you know? Yep. What did you, (laughs) what were you uh, blown away by visually? It just says an example. Yeah. (sighs) Well, well, (laughs) the start, the starting point was that random strap scene but just like, um, you know, well, obviously, I think the big, the the big one is the underwater stuff, and I know how they did it because I watched like the the footage of them doing it. But this, so the movie, it was originally, it was originally planned to release back in like 2014, but mm-hmm. then the, and they were gonna make like two sequels, and then they're like, oh no, we're gonna make two more sequels, and then oh, we want to do this underwater stuff so they delayed it a ton so they could and then he went and he freaking helped well not him solely i want you know i want to also give credit to other people but you know they they had this whole company that they developed um this motion capture technology of of doing motion capture underwater which no one's ever done before and so that like because that was throughout the whole movie like kind of the main thing that always blew me away. All the underwater scenes. Like I know I've seen the footage of them doing it. It just seems so unreal to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. the other, the other big stuff. Um, uh, when I was talking about like combining all those elements is I was thinking of like the, the final like kind of battle or confrontation um and you see there's some like aliens looking tech there kind of like the marine tech so like some stuff that you see like okay you can see like okay they built this ship like this is real then there's like this some of these like the way they mixed in like it they did a good job of like mixing together these like really constructed things with like these cg things and it feels so seamless you know what i mean like you can you could tell, but like for me, I was so immersed in it, and I was like constantly just like looking at how this all fit together and being like, like this is crazy. This is like really mm-hmm. crazy. They were able to like pull that off and make it look so good. Yeah, I feel like the combination of like real stuff and and like computer generated stuff was so good in the first one as well. To me, what was like more, and of course, the underwater stuff was like that my like brain couldn't even really process but for me it was like all the creatures the creatures looked oh crazy they looked so real like i could not believe that they were not 
real that they weren't just like oh we you know put like a suit on an elephant and like you know what I mean like they just felt uh so so real and I felt like that was something that I really was like I don't know how they did that because they're not motion capping a fucking whale you know destroying a ship or being hunted or whatever I mean maybe they did I don't think so but um I wouldn't put it past them but like the when I would see the 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 Navi moving around I was like okay I do I my brain computes like this is a person who is like being motion capped but like all of the creatures I was like how did they fucking do that so that was that was my favorite part probably <laughs> there was there there was a ton of great new creatures in this flick for sure and that was that was cool to like that was just a cool element of the movie too it was like we moved to another part of the world or whatever and now we're kind of seeing you know like these new additions to the creatures and new characters as well as bringing in the old ones so that was also that was just really cool in general to see and i do agree with you that Mm -hmm. like that they looked so good (laughs) yeah do you want to talk about what happens in the movie yeah let's just get this out of the way so we figure out what so if you haven't seen it you should see it go see it um at the same time i think that you know what i do think there are spoilers i was gonna say like the plot is it's not i'm gonna say it's predictable but it's not that's not a bad thing to me i was like this is it has momentum and it is just hurtling towards a confrontation and a conclusion and there are some surprising elements and a lot of it is mm-hmm. feels inevitable, which, you know, is a good thing. That's, I think, one of the best ways that a story can end is, is very... if it feels surprising but inevitable. I agree with um, you. Yeah, it was, like, satisfying, I think, in a way. Yeah. So, basically what happens... Now, I'm going off script. I did not write this down. I just <laughs> I just yeah. wanted to let, let the way of water guide me. Okay, so it picks up, like, right... Well, actually, it picks up after the last movie, which is means that... Um, um, hold on, I'm getting all my names, my character names. Jake Sully is... <laughs> oh, is you gotta remember Jake nat- Sully. <laughs> I forgot Jake Sully for a second. Um, is fully uh, a Navi who is, like, uh, partnered with Neytiri and um, Korich. Is that his name? Korich? The Qu- the colonel Quatridge, who Quaritch, was whatever, yeah. yeah who was the Quaritch, who yeah. was the evil dude in the previous one was dead. Natiri killed him. Dead. Um, okay, so the movie picks up with um, a montage of Jake and Natiri's family. They have three children and then like kind of an adopted human son. And the human son is actually Korich Korich's biological son who uh, was left spider. on Pandora. Uh, yeah, Spider, who was left on Pandora when ev- when all the other humans left because he was too young to go into cryo. So basically, this little kid was left there, and a couple of other humans were still left there as well. Um, yeah, we still but... have, like, our... Uh, a lot of, like, the scientists from the last movie, like, they mm-hmm. were kind of there. They were sort of, like, supporting characters. They, they weren't... Uh, like well, that's similar to last movie, you know. But <clears throat> yeah, a lot of a lot the of those cool, familiar the cool faces, dudes. they're there. Yeah, they're there. Um, but you know, by and large, like the humans have uh, been forced out by um, the Navi in the last movie. Okay, so then this movie picks up. They have a family. 
uh, everything's going great, la la la, um, children are like teenagers, teenage years, and then there's um, one child who is uh, uh, like maybe eight or ten, and um, they also have another adopted child, which is the biological child of um, Sigourney Weaver? Dr. Grace Dr. Grace Dr. Grace Augustine (laughs) died in her human form um, but her avatar was pregnant we don't know how and that is a mystery that is not glossed over in the film they're like how did this happen anyway her daughter who is also played by Sigourney Weaver um, is like a teenager so there's this family of of uh, Navi and everything's going totally fine until the sky people come back wreaking havoc they're like trying to recolonize pandora earth is all jacked up yeah they're overtly like hey planet earth is messed up they're not even they're not even pretending like in the last movie they were like hey uh we want to extract resources from pandora so we can like take it back to earth but now they're just like nah 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 we gotta we have to stay on pandora because earth is fucked up and that's that's Um, really shown by when they come back and their ships uh like are landing and they just are like torching you know a whole part of the of the planet or the moon or whatever it's so horrifying mm -hmm. you know but you can see like you really feel like the malice that they have now you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm and that they're like taking no prisoners. They're like, we're coming and we're staying this time. Um, so they, uh, Korich is back. He is now in an avatar form um, because they made an avatar of him and downloaded his memories from when he was alive. Um, yeah. So, so he's back, but he's an avatar, which is a really fun twist. I yes. loved this aspect of the Not movie. just him, too. Like, it, he has a whole... They make basically like an avatar troop out of like, (laughs) I think even some of the actors were like some of the side military guys in the last one, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. yeah, Basically, it's like everyone who failed to like, (laughs) failed in the last movie, they presented as they're like, yeah, we like, we made avatar clones of you. Uh, Good luck. (laughs) And they're back. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're back, and he has, um, I mean, not only, like, a personal vendetta against um, Jake Sully and Neytiri, but they are the leaders of the rebellion, like, of the, well, not really rebellion, but of, like, the the counter forces that are trying to defend Mm -hmm. Pandora. So they want to take him out. And um, basically, they they figure out where he is, and they're like, oh, shit, like, we got to get out of here, because if if they find where our home base is, like the base of our operations, like we're totally screwed. So the Jake Sully family takes off and goes away to uh, another part of Pandora, which is um, basically like a a community of people who live and work in the water. They're not people. They're, they're Navi. They're to be clear. They're not sky people. They're Navi. Um, When they're there, they learn the way of water the titular way of water. Um, they become yeah. friends with some whales um, who are basically <laughs> like spirit animals with like, and they can, they speak with the whales, which is a whole thing. Um, and one of the whales gets hunted down and 
basically they, they figure out where Jake Sully is and the, the, uh, the evil, the bad guys figure out where Jake Sully is. There's a huge confrontation at the end. Um, Korich uses his own human son as, as leverage throughout the movie. Um, and that is like a really interesting dynamic between the avatar of this kid's father and he, this like absent father who he hates, who he kind of has like this, uh, magnetic pull towards because they build a relationship throughout the movie, even though they, they kind of hate each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end, um, one of the sons, one of Jake Sully's sons dies um, and yeah. that's sad, but he's he's the casualty. Him and the whale uh, are the casualties yeah. of this film. But um, at the at the eleventh hour, you think that um, Korich is dead, and his son actually saves him because Korich had saved him several minutes earlier, and he's just like, ah, oh, I can't like let him die. I want to, but I can't. And so we end the movie in sort of a stalemate where the uh, the Jake Sully family and their forces are victorious sort of for the moment. But Korich has, has flown off and left and is, you know, still out for blood. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And the I think the big thing, too, that I got out of the very ending, they, they leave all those things, right? There's like stuff that's going to continue on. So there's some unresolved elements here uh but at the end too like the idea of the solely family relocating and stuff they did that and they realized at the end like no we we can't do that like the only the only thing we can do is fight back <laughs> there's no other mm-hmm. option you know what i mean yeah because they tried to hide i mean and they weren't really running away i yeah I've, my interpretation was they weren't running away they were sort of trying to do it to protect the oh exactly the, yeah the forces, which is, you know, kind of an important uh, distinction because I, it occurred to me while I was watching it, I was like, oh, like, are they running from it? Are they just trying to hide? You know, whatever. Um, oh, so, no, yeah. They make a big point yeah. to say they want, they're trying to protect, protect their, their clan. So they're like, let's mm-hmm. go over here. They won't find us. But of course, yeah. like we see them kind of figure that out. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. find them no matter where they go. And we see with the, with them kind of one element of it is that uh the quatrich and his forces they team up with these whalers to like start killing the whales to like sort of drive them out to come confront them so we get this Mm -hmm. idea that like they're going to keep provoking them and like fucking with pandora (laughs) you know i mean no matter Mm -hmm. what uh so yeah that leaves them kind of with no other option but to fight back right Right. I thought that I really liked Korich in this movie. Um, yes. I thought he was awesome. And he was he was great in the last one as just like a villain, but he's a much more complicated character in this one, I think, because he, you know, he they, they don't portray him as like a kind of like, he certainly has some like bloodlust, but he also is just sort of like, fuck it. Like I'm, he has to like learn how to be, um, a Navi and he has his like estranged son who he you know Mm -hmm. died and left you know on Pandora who he's like you're not even biologically related to me and now you're actually part of Jake Sully's family 
you know, so it, it's just like, it's such an interesting dynamic. And then it's, it's pivotal to the end of the movie where, um, you, you see that Natiri, the mom, Jake Sully's wife, is, Zoe has some resent, <laughs> yeah, Zoe Saldana, also known as Zoe Saldana, has like some really like bubbling resentment towards this human child spider. And she has for a long time. And she eventually is like, she uses him as leverage against Korich to be like, I'll, yes. I'll kill him. Like, I'll just kill him right here. And Korich is like, uh, fine. Like, I'll, I'll do whatever. Like, don't kill him. Um, and so it's like this, mm-hmm. I, it, it's a, just a great, it's very simple, but it's, it's complicated enough that like, it was again, a sort of surprising, but inevitable. You're like, oh man, like they can't let each other die. And I like loved that uh, Zoe Saldana is, you just you see some evil in her, and I really liked that too. Yeah, she has a like throughout the movie, even from the beginning, they set this up. She has like this sort of distrust of humans or whatever, you know, understandably so. And like that, that was a really interesting thing throughout the movie. That I mean, that's also I think kind of adds. I like Spider's character a lot. Because of that, too, because you can tell he kind of doesn't feel like totally comfortable. And like I think that adds to uh, at the end when he does help his father. You know, what I mean, I think he's really confused. Mm-hmm. He's just a child, you know, dealing with all this. He doesn't know what to, he doesn't really understand. You know, th- I don't know. That would really fuck you up as a kid, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, especially because they have he has like sort of this. uh little romance with Kiri and you can tell like I, th- I thought that that was really sweet even though it's really weird that she's played by like a, <laughs> an old woman uh mm-hmm. but I thought the relationship was really sweet and it, it yeah it just kind of like really breaks your heart that like you know they're they have sort of this conflict between them you know which is I think keeping up with the themes of the last movie you know what I mean mm-hmm and yeah. and and Korich, I agree with you. I loved his his character. I liked that he so he comes back and he, you know, he he has sort of this. Uh, he's out for revenge or whatever. And in a lot of ways, you know, <laughs> they set him up as like kind of he he is ready to do even more evil. But I also liked there, Stephen Lang. I think was really good in this movie. There's all these like little moments it's they like just like little moments like when he sees um his dead body <laughs> from the first mm, movie and he that was fucked uh, up the look on it that's that's what i mean like the motion capture and everything is so good because all their performances come through and like he gives this look it's like it's i can't even describe it but um he seems so sh- shaken by this but then a second later he's crushing his skull or whatever. And that's kind yeah. of like what's going on with this character throughout the whole movie is like same him and spider kind of have a similar thing going on where, uh, they are, they're conflicted about who they are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what, where they belong. And I don't know. I think that too also is kind of continuing on the story from the first movie so much so that, Korich like goes through basically all of the same things that 
Jake Sully did in the first movie. Mm-hmm. He kind of has like yeah. the evil version of that storyline. And it was very fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I hadn't like thought about it this way until you just said it, but it's like, this is so obvious, but this is, I think why it works is because it's, it's, it's so simple, but it's like built into these layers of these characters. But like spider is a human who's raised as a Navi and his father Korich is a human who is now trapped in a Navi body, right? Like they would love to switch mm-hmm. places. <laughs> um, and so yes. they're both sort of confused about who they are and how they're teaching each other to be, you know, uh, how to get by, you know? And they have this weird kind of father relationship that like, I think works well because Spider um, f- feels alienated from his Navi family because he's not Navi. So he has to, he has to like wear the face mask and like he can't breathe air on Pandora and all this stuff. And so he's just, and he can feel the distrust that um, Neytiri has towards him, I think. And so he, you know, he like is part of the family, but he's, he's like, it's uneasy. And so when his father shows up, it's like, he's not searching for a father and he hates him and he doesn't want, like he wants nothing to do with him, but you can you can see why there would be this like complicating factor that 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 they would like uh, grow closer in this kind of messed up way. Spider even says something. It's kind of said offhandedly. It's like doesn't seem like that big of a deal at the time, but he's sort of like, you know, hey, it's kind of whack that like I can't really breathe your air that long, but you guys can kind of come in here and breathe my air. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can tell yeah, he feels yeah. different. He has to. P- he talks about how he paints himself like kind of blue because he's like the animals don't really trust humans. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can tell there's a lot of these things kind of in there. And then when Quartz shows up, uh, like, I, well, for one, like no one can deal with them. And they're like, he's like, I can deal with them. And I like kind of the way Quartz presents it. He doesn't, he comes in and he's like, I'm not your father. You know what I mean? So he like, yeah, both of them actually, this goes, I think, in hand with when Korch sees his dead body, is they, they kind of are saying one thing, but you can feel that, like, that's not fully how they feel, and they're not so sure of that, you know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. while he says all this stuff about, like, I'm not him, and I I don't know, I think there's this element of, like, of course, he does feel like, he does feel like him. He has all his memories and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it's... That's why I think that he's such a compelling character and Stephen Lang did such a good job because he's not, he could have been played uh, a lot more flat. You know, he could have been like, he's evil, he's back for revenge, like, let's fucking do this, you know. Um, But he wasn't. It was like so much more like, it, it was just such a good villain because there was like parts where I actually was like, I'm like rooting for him in this weird kind of way yeah where i was like oh man like i want you to i i feel like there's a possibility that there will be like a redemption arc for him like you know maybe in the next movie right um because i i really could feel like warmth towards him which i thought was really odd because in the last movie i was like he's so awful he's like the worst villain ever (laughs) you know yeah i think yeah i don't think we'll see like yeah i i feel that too like i'm like i feel like we're gonna see Whatever happens, I feel like we're going to see something interesting. I, I don't know if they'll go full turn, but I feel like uh, it definitely helps, actually, in the movie they had um, uh, Edie Falco, who played the mm-hmm. General Ardmore. Uh, 
<laughs> I loved her. Just she was always walking around with her coffee or whatever. But yeah. like they kind of set her up as like a new antagonist, but like she doesn't, you know, and she's like mean too, but like there's still I feel like there's still stuff left unsaid with her. Like she didn't really do too much yet in this movie. And I th- I think it's going to be a thing where like you know what I mean, I think they might he might be forced to push against her or something like that. I don't know. I mm. I guess we'll see. With, yeah, with like, it. I can't really see a, a world where him and Jake Sully, like, ever work together. Like, that sounds kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And cheesy. But I could, I, I don't know. Like, maybe there's a common enemy or, or something. I, I just feel like he's a, uh, he's now two, three, he's very dimensional now. And he wasn't in the last film. And there's no way that they're, that they're going to let that go. <laughs> well, I think, too, there's room. So, uh... I think there's going to be room to have more, even more dimension to the story. I already think there's a lot, you know, with the last one and this one, there's a lot of, like, great depth to a lot of the characters. Um, But, like, Cameron was saying, like, in the next one, like, that he said that these movies were, like, setting the stage and that it's, you know, they're meant to be kind of these big, more standard blockbusters of you root for the good guys and the bad guys but that he wants to kind of get more um, in depth and like a more complicated in the next one. So he talked about introducing, so it, he's saying in the next one, he wants to have like a fire Navi tribe, like the Ash tribe or something like that. And they're, and they might be more antagonistic and stuff like that, which I think is cool. Cause I think like there we've, there's a lot of cool Navi characters and stuff, but I feel like they could do more, with it that that would make it more interesting than just like the good guys fight the bad guys. I'm sure some people like they might have issues with how these things may be portrayed, but I have faith in him to do it in a very interesting, compelling way. I think he's an awesome storyteller. So I think we'll see, we might see that with a lot of the characters who are already in the movie too. Like see, we're already seeing it. I think with Korich, like of, yeah, he's the bad guy, but we're just seeing Mm -hmm. like, like we're getting kind of a, you know, look at him personally, you know what I mean? That right. is pretty interesting. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know if now is like a good time to just like say, or it's like, and not to like just give lip service to it, but it's like, obviously the movie is like, you know, a, it's like a white dude's fantasy of like, of, of what a native, like what a native or indigenous culture like would do to like fight back against like the shitty, you know, colonizers and white people. And like, that's like part of the, that's just what the movie is. Like you can't. I feel like that's inescapable part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Going into that, knowing that that's what the imagery is referencing. That's what the story is based on. It's based on this kind of like appropriative uh, story that has been told over and over again by uh, by white people. You know, and that's just. I think part of the. It's inescapable. So I mean, like I think that it's just like. It's worth mentioning that that is part of the storytelling and that, you know, I don't think that it's, I think that it's trying to be self-critical while telling this story, but, you know, I've, I've seen critiques where they're like, hey, like, you know, this story would be better told and more nuanced if it was from, like, uh, an indigenous perspective, which is, you know, inarguably true, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, I think that's, that's just it's it's certainly part of it and i don't think that's something that can be argued against i mean maybe it can but like 
that's just you just kind of have to take the good with the bad in this movie um and yes. the, the cultural yeah. context is a little bit uh messy well that that and that was that was also a thing i mean i think even more so in the first one that was kind of a conversation too i mean we kind of we kind of talked about it in the last episode um but um yeah i was like i i was like uh, looking at responses to it at the time and even like um cameron like talking about it with like various indigenous groups and there's there's certainly Mm -hmm. lots of conversations that they had that are interesting it's certainly not a monolith of how people feel about it but i i can yeah i definitely can accept criticisms of it and stuff like that but i'm not really the best person to um argue against it i did i did cite some examples in the uh first episode on how i felt like it was sort of a a better version of that type of story but at at Mm -hmm. the end of the day um it's certainly i mean even james cameron actually said himself that he was intentionally targeting it to audiences of like that and he's like i he's like i want them to have this fantasy (laughs) of fighting back Mm -hmm. now obviously you can Mm -hmm. talk about whether or not you know what the actual proper way to deal with that is and stuff i don't know but right um right yeah yeah no i think that um it's i don't know if it's a good sign but it's diff. it's the the whatever my corner of the internet mostly the the it's there's there's not an overwhelming um response as you were saying it's not really a monolith but the thing that i've seen the most is like hey wouldn't it be great if like this kind of like money and like visionary technology and time that goes into something like this the production could be like could be accessible to to like actual indigenous people which is like a and that i think is like yep yep that is certainly true and the fact that like that is the main conversation about like how uh about like the system in which this movie you know takes place in in the world as opposed to being like this movie is fucking racist for these reasons yeah no I, i agree with you yeah which is, you know, I think a very, actually, a quite measured critique, right? So, anyway, worth saying. Yeah. That's why I can accept, I said er, er, earlier on, I said I can accept, like, any sort of argument from someone who, they're like, just in general, too, about, like, blockbusters and, like, these type of movies. They're on some level, like, propaganda that will, that, some like, somewhat will reinforce the status quo. I think a lot of movies have that, but at the same time, and I I guess I could, I, well, I can respect anyone who can make like a nuanced argument about that, but I, I can't accept, and I, I hate to bring this up again, but I can't accept anyone who says this is bad. And then they hold up the good example of the movie. That's where they team up with CIA to squash a (laughs) black rebellion. (laughs) And that's like, this is good because it, you know, you know what I mean. It's like, no, well, mm-hmm. let's not act like this is the revolutionary movie. You know what I mean? Yep, I totally agree. But I, yeah, I, I do see that, and I, and I kind of accept that at, at some level, this is, this is sort of a, a like fantasy that, right? Yeah, is is somewhat personal. It's from like J- J- James Cameron's mind. You know what I mean? It's his like personal fantasy. Yeah, 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 totally. He's like, I want to bang these hot aliens. <laughs> That's like True, yeah, at they... the core of the movie. Which, by the way, so in the first, like, I, I said this, at the first, like, five minutes of the movie, I swear 
I swear I saw a nipple. I swear I saw oh. a Navi nipple. <laughs> no I was way. like, that was a nipple. Um, I, I'm, I have to rewatch it in 3D just to get a better look. But it was in like the opening montage, and I was like, yep, there it was. I saw it. Wow. I don't. So I don't, think I don't know so. if it's true. If they, I think they slipped one in there. I think they, they did. A, a nip slip. I think he. Oh, one, he nip slipped. I wanted to say there was. This is a minor thing, and there's. All his other movies are present in this movie, but with I did get a little bit of Quaritch and Spider, a sort of Terminator 2 vibe, mm-hmm. a little bit. 100%. Totally. And just another minor way I got that vibe, too, was just from Terminator 2 kind of remixed. Like, it had the same, similar themes from the first one, sort of, but remixed a little bit. And mm-hmm. this was the case, too. Like, how in that one you had Arnold come back, but now he's, like... He the Terminator is presented in a different way, and so mm-hmm. that like Corage, he's come back, but now he's like a Navi, and he's so you know like, and he's mm-hmm. still doing like, he like I said he did Jake Sully's story like I like when he's like, when uh him and he's going up to get those bird things I forgot what they're called, mm-hmm. and Spider's like well you know Jake Sully he did it like the hard way, and he's like oh okay I'm gonna do it the hard way <laughs> you know I like yeah that was that awesome scene. I love that scene <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there was like, um, uh, uh, I, I, I liked that also because it was a bit of a reversal of like, oh, like, you know, the Navi are like peaceful or they do it like the old fashioned way or something. It was like, like, oh, this is like the hard way to do it. I'm going to fucking do it that way. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like, it was cool. And then you kind of are like, you're like, damn, he did it. Nice job, dude. Yeah, I know. I, that was one of the, that was one of the, like, they gave so much screen, triumphant screen time to him, like, getting on top of this bird dragon and, like, doing it. And everyone's, like, smiling and happy for him. And, like, it's exactly the same scene as when Jake Sully did it. And so it's like, all right, I guess I'm happy for him. Like, that's cool. <laughs> Should we. We should talk some about the the Sully family. We sort of we talked about Nateria a little bit. I like with her story and and Jake like as a whole, they're they're kind of fleeing to protect their tribe, but they also are dealing with now these kids that they have. And mm-hmm. so we have, uh, I would say, well, the youngest does. I feel like doesn't have too. There's not too much of a story with her. Maybe in future movies, uh, was it Tuk Sully or something? Tuck Sully. I don't know. Uh, I wrote it down here, but it's she's like a little kid, and yeah, she's a little you kid. know she's she's cool. She's cool. I liked her, but I wasn't kind of the focus. We had two sort of storylines going on with the kid kids. One was with Kiri, which we said is kind of unresolved. There's sort of a mystery there, though. I don't. I don't think it's some people. I think acted like it's like this. It's like this huge, huge. Like, that it's more mysterious than it is. But I I think we're just meant to believe that Kiri was, like, immaculately, or what do you call it, uh, immaculately yeah. conceived, mm-hmm. immaculate conception or whatever. And she's, I don't know, she's sort of like this uh, Navi Jesus <laughs> type figure. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I love that you're like, you know what? Everybody's putting way too much stock into this. She's clearly just Navi Jesus. There's nothing else to be said. <laughs> well, there's some... Well, they talk about... Cameron is, like, obsessed with, like, motherhood, for sure, as sort of, like, this, you know, cosmic force. And, like, mm-hmm. they talk about the water and, like, 
it, like being in the womb and stuff like that. And there's mm-hmm. sort of this big religious weight put on it. And when she sees her mother and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I thought this was just like similar to how, you know, Awa sort of recognized Jake Sully as someone that uh, they could use to their advantage. Um, I think they, you know, with, not just to their advantage, but, you know, someone that they could accept, I guess, you know, he's mm-hmm. not just a tool, but right. I think they saw that with, uh, the, the Dr. Augustine, is that, what yeah. was that her name? And Grace I, Augustine. Yeah. And I, and I think a big part of the movie, we see, we see it with all the characters, with Jake Korich in this one, um, this idea of like, you un- like unifying people, bringing them together from the different you know, from the different worlds, you know, that was the story of the first one too. And so I think there's some, there's supposed to be some sort of, uh, significance in that, that I think isn't just, that's why I think it's less of Cameron trying to be like, this is about, uh, Jake Sully coming in and, and becoming the leader. And like that, you know, the, the humans are like really in charge, even though they're kind of been the focus. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But I think there's sort of an element here that's supposed to, it's supposed to be more about like, this is about connecting these two worlds, you know what I mean? And like bringing these people together. And I think that's what they were trying to get across with Kiri. I think Kiri is supposed to be kind of like, <laughs> dare I say, like a savior figure mm. uh, because she is born of like Awa, mm. <laughs> I guess. Wow. And I think the real mystery is just like, because we see she has sort of these powers um, that she she can, you know, connect to the world without jacking in or whatever, you know, and, and it's almost overwhelming to her. Um, and I think the real mystery is just a, in like, n- not a mystery, but like any good story of like, where is that going to go? What's mm. that going to be? I don't, I don't know if we're going to get, we might get a big reveal about her origin but i don't think i don't know i don't think it's going to hinge on that so much i could be wrong though i could be wrong you know i am definitely one of the people who was like i it felt super unresolved to me when i watched it i was like wait what like i want to know what's going on with her what why is she like having these like overwhelming like seizure type reactions to like she can like she can just like tap in too quickly to Awa and like Awa's talking to her all the time and she like feels it and she's like um a total freak and everyone's like you're a weirdo Mm -hmm. man um and I don't know I just really I guess I guess I want to know both I want to know obviously I want to know she's going to play a huge part in something because She's too mysterious to just, like, be a character, you know? That's why I was like, they're definitely not going to kill her off because we don't even know what she's about, you know? We have to, we have to like, see what's going to happen with her. Um, so I guess, like, I, I guess I don't super... Like, I don't, like, need to know, like, who her father is. Like, I don't think that is, like, what's important. But it is just, like... I like that they didn't brush over that at all, though. Like, that that's a key element of the plot. They're not just like, yep, she was born of Grace's avatar. Next up is, you know, they just, like, they they really, Mm -hmm. like, they they talk about it. And they talk about, like, how this is really, like, strange. And no one knows who or why she is. 
Um, and they don't just use it as like an excuse to bring Sigourney Weaver back into the fold, you know. Um, but I really want to know what I, 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 that was like the biggest, I left the movie being like, damn, like what happens with Kiri? What happens to Kiri though? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to be, she was my favorite character. I, well, my second favorite character. Um, who's your first favorite? We're about to talk about him. Okay. Actually, okay. We've said we've said enough about Kiri. I think she's great. I think Sigourney Weaver did a great job playing a child. Yeah, um, me too. Props she to her. Um, and yeah, I really connected with all that stuff where they're talking about the wave of water and all, and we're all connected. It was it, it hit me hard. It was good. It was good stuff. I know. It's so <laughs> awesome. It's so it's so cool. And she's like such a weird nerd. That's like really endearing. I like that she, because like all the, it was, another thing, before we get to your favorite character, I will just say that like the, uh, the Navi are like, you know, James Cameron's sexy blue alien fantasy, but having like all the children as being like main parts of the movie really like toned that down. I think a little bit, like there was one teenage character who was like part of the water tribe that definitely was like supposed to be like the cute girl, like very like tame, like love interest between the it's, teenagers. It's all cute. You know, it's all cute. but it was like, it was, it, she was like, clearly there was like the scene that you first see her with her like beautiful little smile. And you're like, Oh, some boy's going to have a crush on her. You know, that's what that, that's where this is going. But I really liked that. Like, you know, we saw like young children. We saw, um, we saw Kiri who was like, obviously like, like beautiful, but, like not sexualized and I just like I don't know I just mm-hmm. appreciated that because that easily just like could have been an, a part of the right. of the story or a part of the a part of the the visuals of it and it just it wasn't that they like didn't sexualize these characters at all which was like really nice <laughs> yeah yeah like I said like I found their storyline sweet even though she was like an older woman <laughs> yeah it's yeah. weird it's weird uh, on paper but in the movie i was like oh this is like a sweet the kids are all cute you know what i mean and yeah. then they're you know there's there's sexy stuff for the adults you know i've seen a lot of jake sully fan cams like people are oh my god <laughs> people are pretty horny for jake sully out there it turns out he's hot in this movie he's way he hotter hot. in this movie than the last one yeah i yeah i agree <laughs> um so moving on to, well, okay, to set the stage, the other, we got to talk about the other kids because they kind of had a connected, one had his own storyline and then one had a storyline that was kind of connected to the other kids. So we had, um, what, what are the kids? There's uh, Nateum, I think was one. Yeah, Nateum and Loak are Jake Sully's uh, oldest kids. Um, so Nateum is the older one and his sort of, he actually... He's he's the one who dies in the end, and mm-hmm. I think I people have said like he doesn't get as much in the film film, which I kind of agree with. He just doesn't get as much like screen time. But throughout the movie, you keep seeing these kids kind of get into dangerous situations. They want to be kind of involved and stuff like that. And Jake's trying to he's trying to keep them safe. And there's sort of an element of his storyline where he's like. They even, I think they outwardly say it, like, we're a family, not like a squad or whatever. You know, he's like, you know, he's like really worried about them, but he, and he's trying to keep them safe, but like, he's also kind of, you know, being hard on them or whatever. And then you have this pressure on the oldest son to sort of keep 
everyone's safe. And that that ends up being, you know, he's sort of like in the end, he dies, but he's trying to protect his brother who kind of keeps getting into trouble, especially with their trying to get along with like the water tribe uh, who are led by who we got. Cliff Curtis plays the leader and uh, Kate Winslet is his wife. She's also one of the leaders of the tribe who we have to give her props for holding her breath for, for as long as she did. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that story. But anyway, they're cool, but they're, yeah, they're they're kind of side characters, I think, too. The movie's about the kids. <laughs> the movie's really about the kids yeah. in Quaritch, I feel like. Um, yeah. So anyway, Loak, he goes and he makes friends with, a Tolkien, uh, as we discussed, uh, which is a uh, which is a whale type creature, and they this is that's my favorite character, uh, Pyakan. Is that that was his name? Yeah, um, Pyakan. So yeah, he goes out and he's like he's like palling around with this whale who's also kind of an outcast, and these were my absolute favorite scenes in the movie. I thought they were Me very too. sweet and tender. Um, when he first meets him, the whale saves him, which at first when it happens, it's kind of the phantom menace, like, oh, there's always a bigger fish and you feel like, wait a minute. <laughs> like it, it feels lame at first. I, I was like, oh, okay. Like they did. Well, it was a cool scene. So I was like, oh, that was badass. But from the story, I, I momentarily was like, okay, like he just got saved by a bigger fish. But then like, then you immediately realize like this guy, he's like, well, I mean, they kind of do this with all the animals, but he's like he's got a, a conscious he's a character mm-hmm. you like care about and he like chose to save him not you know it wasn't just like a random thing it was like an act of kindness and you kind of yeah you're kind of like oh yeah <laughs> and he's like these scenes where he's talking to him and you see the the whale pov it was it was so beautiful mm-hmm. like that they they made the whale the pov like shot there and yes. all that stuff and he's doing sign language talking to him or whatever yes and it's like it's oh, it's it like just it got me. it's so good they do they do not only do they have like the camera from like the perspective of the whale's right eyeball like talking like looking at uh the kid but like He's like doing sign. He's doing the same sign language that he, that they learn to do when they're underwater with with other Navi. Like when they're learning to swim, they're like, "How do we talk to each other underwater?" And there's like a sign language system that they learn. And he does the same thing to the whale, and the whale understands. And then there's this the fucking captions, the su- the subtitles that come across the screen of like the whale is like and then it's like I love you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. And it was so awesome. I was like, see this is a part where I was like, oh man, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like I get it. I totally buy it. I buy that they can understand each other. I buy that the whale is speaking in a, a discernible language. I just oh I just loved it. It's it was beautiful and like, um. Here, look at just look at this, look at this screenshot I'm sending to you and uh-huh. tell me it doesn't just fill you with emotion. <sighs> Actually, this was <laughs> so that shot when that shot happened. Actually, I was like, oh, it's like free Willy. It's but like totally a, a free. It's a totally free Willy uh, image. And that's 
that's the thing. People are, are, keep criticizing the the old one and this one of like, oh, it's like this and this and this. And it's like we said in the last movie. Yeah, this movie is like based on every story ever told. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's <laughs> that's like, why I don't mind. Yeah, he's not trying to pretend that that's not Free Willy. That's like literally Free Willy. And like this in <laughs> the shots that are like from below of them, of of the two of them, like the whale and the Navi, like you know with the sun pouring in over above them yeah that one, one that one that is like directly God. from whale rider do you remember that movie no you never saw <laughs> whale rider oh and i really i had like my birthday and like dragged people to see that movie it was like a new zealand movie about a girl who's like befriends a whale and it's pretty sick you should watch it if no one's seen it but it's directly like from that film too um it just rocks it just rocks <sighs> Well, that, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, you should watch Whale Rider. <laughs> as tender as beautiful uh, Pyakan, so he's he's also a character. That was what's cool is that they made it wasn't just a whale; he was a character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, and it's I like the story. So he was like he's kind of like even he's an outcast in his tribe because they're they're like nonviolent, and he like fought back against like the whalers and. You know, they connect because he's got sort of like the harpoon through him and mm-hmm. Loak helps him out. And, you know, then they swim around and stuff. And I, that was all great. But um, that like he had a he, he not just he was a character. He had an arc. Mm-hmm. So we I think with that connected, we can kind of talk about the last big. There's like a lot of great action set pieces in the movie but we, i think we can talk about the last one because i had kind of the most standout moments mm-hmm. but the big standout moment for Pyakan in the and where they're fighting the whalers and Quarch's navi squadron or whatever and <clears throat> freaking Pyakan gets in the battle <laughs> and he he fucking takes down this <laughs> ship and it, it was so awesome yeah it it was it was like top ten, like action, top five. I don't know. It was so fucking good. Yeah, he just flops out of water, comes down on the ship, starts raising hell. Yeah, it it blew me away, and that was uh, like that. His storyline and combined with what Jake sort of realizes at the end is like that. Like we have to fight back. Like mm-hmm. we, and I thought that was cool, and that's it. Reminded me a little bit of in RRR where. They're sort of like acknowledge, like yeah, like we gotta we gotta fight, we gotta fucking kill these guys. Yeah, They're trying <laughs> to kill us. We gotta fucking kill these guys. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and I also love that Pyakan survives. Like I was like, oh my god, please, mm-hmm. because there's also this really uh, horrible, hard to watch scene of them like, y- it's just a scene that's like following the. Um, the whalers as they're hunting down one of them and they're like explaining their whole process they're like so first we hit them with this and then they like stab them with a harpoon and then we hit them with these things because uh they you know it hurts their ears and they have to like raise their echolocations it drives them to the top of the water and then we hit them with these things so that they can't swim and then they like slowly murder the animal and they like show you how it's done and they narrate it like super calmly um much to spider's horror and the horror of everyone watching so you see this like really graphic scene of them like killing one of the tolkuns and so i like when that scene happened i was mm-hmm. like oh my god like they're not fucking around like they could kill they could kill pycan at any second you know 
Um, so I was oh, like, yeah. there were stakes there. <laughs> I was really worried about him in the whole final that's, battle scene. That's actually so. I I don't want to. I didn't want to spend too much addressing criticisms, like because I saw after it came out, people just jumping through hoops to like criticize the movie, which I think we acknowledged earlier. There are fair criticisms, and there's conversation to be had against things. And I guess if people felt this way too, whatever, that's fine. But like, I saw someone say like, "There's ne- you never feel any tension in the whole movie," and I was like, "What are what? you talking about? The whole movie, I was fucking freaked out. <laughs> like from the beginning, <laughs> with the kids out. coming upon the scene of the final battle of the last one, and and the squadrons there or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, and that was kind of." that was kind of like the tension in the whole movie. It was like trying to protect this family and these kids. And I really cared about the kids. Like I, they were my favorite characters mm-hmm. for the most part. And Pi can mm-hmm. that, I don't know. Like I, for me, the whole movie, there was tension. And, oh, absolutely. and that was what you just said was an element of it as well. Yeah. It was a lot. There were high stakes in this movie. Spe- and the other thing is like, man, you don't want to see, <clears throat> a beautiful whale get viciously murdered by a bunch of assholes. Like you don't really want to see that. That sucks. Um, but, no, and they do no. it in like a really, um, it's, it's graphic and horrible. And then like at the end, they like show you, they, they, they like go inside of the corpse of the, of the, of the whale. Oh my God. And yeah. then they just like drill through that. the roof of its mouth and like extract something from their brains. And while they're describing like, oh, they're way smarter than us. They're much more spiritual. They're on a completely different level than us. This is like the serum from their brain because they're so godlike and smart. And we're going to sell this for $8 million. How about that? And it's just like, oh God, it's so, it's so uh, hard to watch but I will say that that's that the scene of them hunting is again it uh this is a composition of like every story ever told this it's real. it's so similar to this documentary I watched about killer whales and how they kill how they hunt their prey which is exactly what happened in this one they surround a mother because she's going slow she's going slow to protect her calf so they surround the mother and then they literally like separate the mother from the calf and then they um the killer whales in this documentary they like throw their bodies on top of the whale and drown her they drown the whale in the water which is crazy that that's Mm -hmm. like how they do this and then they just eat like a little tiny part of her. They eat like a piece of the of the jawbone, and like the rest of the animal just like goes back to the sea. Um, and it's so similar to to this scene where they're hunting, and the fact that they only take like the tiniest little bit, and the rest of it they just throw away. Well, that's I mean that's just real life too. I'm yeah, sure and that's real. Just that's like, real. Let's just base this off real life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They were just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like that's not based on this documentary. That's just based on fucking killer whales. That's just real. Well, you also reminded me just because they were, you know, going into their brain or whatever like that. Just I totally didn't even mention like part of this part where Loak and him are bonding is like when he mm-hmm. lets them kind of swim inside his mouth. That's or whatever, my favorite scene in the whole movie. His memories. Oh, it's that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's my favorite scene in the whole movie. They uh, uh, Loak or whoever the kid, he the the uh, Piacan like opens his mouth, which is whatever, like 100 feet wide. And he swims in, and then he closes his mouth, and then, like, the inside of his mouth, like, lights up with these, like, insane phosphorescent, like, bioluminescent patterns. And I'm, oh, 
I could just die in that whale's mouth. <laughs> it's so fucking cool. It's so cool. It's like, this is how we die, man. This is the movie can end right here and I'd be happy. And then he like, he like puts his, whatever his tail and he like bonds with the uvula. And it's just like, it, it's just some classic James Cameron shit. It's just like, fuck it. Like, let's do, let, it just, it goes so mm. hard unnecessarily. And I love it. So, so I mean, yeah, he, he has an arc, like, which is cool. Like, well, he was flopping on the ship. I said he flopped up on the ship and attacks, which right. is awesome. But it's because he's going, he's going, and he's trying to save his friend, which is cool. And not only that, like you know, everyone kind of gets the, a lot of the, the characters kind of get their final moment, and he sort of gets in that battle. He gets like his own moment. I think for a lot of people, one of the most memorable moments in the movie because they're taking on these whalers and. He's, I think he's the one because he gets like harpooned with this cord, right? Mm-hmm. And he takes it and he, uh, there's the, what's the guy's name? Mick Scoresby is the character's name, the head whaler. Uh, he, he gets this cord wrapped around him. Everyone went crazy when this happened. And mm-hmm. I was like, I could not believe I witnessed this. But he use he pulls on the cord and he fucking rips the dude's arm off. Yep. And it goes yep. flying into the air. Incredible. It was it's, one of the most incredible parts. I screamed. I was so happy. I was like, fuck you, man. Fuck you and your wailing arm. Oh, it was so... And because, and, like, there were not, like, decapitations in this movie. Like, it felt really, like, <laughs> garish and, like, out of out of context like out of character for this movie to have someone's a arm. touch a touch uh, yeah i loved it though i loved it just it was totally you just you wanted something bad to happen it was earned it was yeah. so earned i will say there's a lot of great this isn't the first one too but a lot of great just like spears going into people through mm-hmm. their their little helicopters or the Hell crab yeah. mechs they're in we didn't talk about the crab mechs but those were fucking awesome mm-hmm. um uh but yeah th- that actually just reminds me too in that last battle um i felt this way watching it but i gotta get, i gotta give credit to my buddy connor because he said it he said it first out loud watching the movie another thing that sets it apart i think from a lot of big blockbusters in general but uh, particularly of more the more recent era is how how readable the action was in the mm. final in, in that big you know when it gets to that part of the movie oftentimes it be, it does kind of become a big mess mm-hmm. and i mean i i didn't expect any less from james cameron that's kind of one of his specialties but like you know it was like i could tell everything that was happening every move had was filmed well and had a follow-up well that's that's i think too what sets it apart from feeling like a big cg mess is like you even though, like, it is, like, probably whatever, 90% CG or something, like, every action, like, you feel and you see and, like, it connects in my brain, you know? And mm-hmm. I was just noticing that a lot with the, in that big battle, like, all those little moments uh, really hit hard, you know? <laughs> There's, there is a lot of, uh, I don't know, it's it's cool. It's really right. cool. Right. That's a really, really good way of putting it. Good job, Connor. Um, that <laughs> the... Because I feel like this happens to me frequently when you get to like the the climax of the film where there's like a big action scene, and this kind of actually happened in the in the first movie where you're just like, all right, 
it's about to be like five different scenes happening at once. You're going to have to follow the helicopter guy. You're going to have to follow the guy on the ground. You're going to have to follow the guy in the car and the motorcycle, you know, and it becomes like lots of things happening and they're trying to like, you know, make it into like a big climax. Um, whereas this, I felt like only at the very, very end where they're like a couple of different scenes happening at the same time. The rest of it was like, here comes the, here come the, the, the Navi, here goes Jake, here comes Payakan. Like it was like just super linear and easy to follow. And, um, but still like building a ton of tension and you just knew it was going to be like an hour long action scene or whatever, but it didn't feel like, okay, here we go gearing up for some insanity that I'm not totally going to clock, you know, I, I loved it. I yeah, really, yeah. I really noticed that when I was watching it, how I was like, man, I really am enjoying this action scene. It doesn't feel like it needs to be over. <laughs> yeah, there was a, like, and it, and it was extensive. It was super long. And that's yeah. like it, it, <laughs> we're talking about how all his other movies are like present in this. Like it be, it became like Titanic for some of the characters. Yep. You know, what totally. I mean? It was um, literally Titanic. The ship like goes down. They're like trying to breathe. It's it's fully Titanic. It's awesome. I mean, what? Okay, what of his? Because okay, there we talked about there's Terminator aspect. I think the Marines and honestly, like the the tech they have that was even the first one that was very Aliens, like the mm-hmm. especially like the loader suit that Ripley uses. Yeah, um, and and Sigourney the, Weaver, and Sigourney Weaver just being in it, of just, course, just her there. Uh, <laughs> the Abyss. There, people make all those comparisons too, mm. with the, especially with the visuals and everything. We had Titanic. Like almost everything is here. I would say, like he mm-hmm. got it all. Yeah. So again, with the like the first one, it. I feel like the movie. It's based on every other story ever told, every story he's ever told. Like I feel like it really. In the fashion of, like, a big, gigantic movie, it, like, encompasses, like, so many things in a cool way. I think, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, it's often criticized as, like, these movies that are, these big budget blockbusters, like, one of their biggest downfalls sometimes is that they're trying to appeal to everyone. And I'm I'm not saying this movie is for everyone, though I guess the numbers, (laughs) the numbers are in its favor, but, like, it does do a good job of, like, kind of having like everything in it and not feeling to me at least like a mess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that like, you can't, that I have, I've heard people say like, Oh, like, Oh, he's doing that thing again. It's like, what do you mean? He like spent so much time and energy choosing to, he just chose to like make this look like Titanic on purpose. Like he knows Mm -hmm. it's not like he's like, huh? Now that you mention it, this does look like Titanic. Like, no, <laughs> like he's he's definitely doing it on purpose because that's like a fascination of his, you know, because he's obsessed with like trying to drown his actors. And that's like part of his whole thing. <laughs> and so I, I, I feel like this is not accidental, like love it or hate it. Right. You might just be like, God damn it. I don't want to watch this. And that that's cool. But it's not accidental and it's not lazy. You know, it's totally purposeful. And he's he's choosing to like try to call back and elevate you know some of his earlier works at least that's what i got from it i mean yeah and this i mean this is he said this based on well we we've come to a conclusion it's based on a dream that both he had and his mother had but like (laughs) (laughs) this this seems like it's been like with him his whole life and i so i think that's like even like it's just 
the things that are like bad or good about it it's like it's all very fascinating regardless you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like i i truly love it anyway but like even the criticisms like some people have of it like are an interesting facet of the movie to me yeah it kind of made like i think i saw i don't quote me exactly but i i think he said some quote recently about how he might just he just might make this like a massive thing if it you know if he can continue on and he i think he said he might just tell any story that he's got like in Mm. this world and like part of me like that's kind of sad because i feel like it's like well you could you could do something else but part of me think that's like fascinating really interesting that he's made such a large thing that he's like okay i'm just going to use this as the outlet to tell any story that i want to tell yeah you know, it's funny because my, my mom, like the first, like one of the first things she said, she was like, I feel like I could have written a better plot. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like the plot was very <laughs> strong. Like I, th- I thought, I feel like that it's, and I, I haven't uh, heard this from anyone else, but you have mentioned that like people are like, oh, like the, it was just pretty and there was no plot. And I'm like that, I just don't. That doesn't click with me at I, all. I just yeah. don't... I just think it's it's wrong. I just... I think it's just incorrect. Like, there's just very clear... Not only are there, like, stakes and character arcs individually and subplots, but, like, there's a very clear plot. And what happens And you under... Like, I don't see how there's not a plot. And it's not simple. And they seem like they address every... Maybe not every plot hole or whatever, but there's no glaring plot holes. They address the things that are plot holes. For example, Kiri, Kiri's immaculate conception. They're meant to be, you know. Unknown they somewhat, talk about yeah. them on purpose, and like, and then there are, of course, certain things that they just kind of like fill, like how, like, oh, convenient, you know. Um, Korich has a son that's there still, but they like explain it and they're like, well, he's here because he, yeah. yes. they, they couldn't put, he's like, can't put a baby in cryo, dumbass, or whatever. And um, it's like, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like there's, like, it's not a big dumb action movie. To me, I didn't think that. And I thought that, like, the plot no, was, no. was very strong. And so when people are like, like, it's fine if you don't like it, that's, that's cool. But like, yeah. there's, there's definitely a strong plot. There are criticisms that I've read that I'm like beyond ones we've talked about that I'm like, oh, I kind of see this or that or whatever. But I would say the majority of what I see and I don't want to spend too much time addressing the haters because, well, one <laughs> sidebar here, but one of, one of the ways in which we're being cringe and one of my friends pointed this out is that like <laughs> it's like he's like, you're all going because I, I, a lot of my friends are also Avatar defenders and have gone hard in the paint for it. And he's like you seem so much similar to people who just go insanely hard defending Marvel movies when it's Mm. like, you don't need to do that. They're like the most popular thing out Mm. there right now. It's like, that's fair. We also do not need to defend Avatar that hard, even though I, you know, maybe that's fine. I'm just accepting my role is is everyone's got to have a multi-billion dollar thing. They stand apparently. (laughs) It's funny because I, I, I uh, guess I just feel like I don't know a lot of people who have seen it, A, have seen it, and B, who like like it or are open to it. I don't know. So that's why I feel like I guess it does no, feels like it needs a little so, defending to me. I don't know. <laughs> but, a, but a lot of people have seen it is the thing. So the film <laughs> at this point of recording, it has grossed 
billion dollars. Jesus Christ. It's the highest grossing movie of the year. I think it's like, it's in the top 10 highest grossing movies of all time. And it's still going up. Like the the third weekend it had, had a 0% drop off rate from the second weekend. Yeah, which is unprecedented. So I think we're going to see this, especially the next couple months. There's nothing really big coming out. So this is going to be this. Is, it's going to go up more. It 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 it'll probably hit the goal they're hoping for, but um, I don't know. Who knows? But it, I think it's one of those things that it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I guess I don't know. You haven't seen a lot, known a lot of people who've seen it, but I there's people out there who are seeing it. Oh and yeah. Clearly, it's it's resonating. Mm-hmm. Not that and like not that box office does not correlate with quality obviously Mm -hmm. but just the idea like that's why it doesn't it doesn't need too hard of defending i guess because yeah no that that's totally fair we won we can take the w (laughs) and aren't you glad aren't you glad that months ago we because i was saying in the lead up that there was there was a window of time where at some at some point you got to hop off the hater train, you got or or the indifference and you got to see it and and you got to you know just get it, you got to just see what it really has on offer, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't let the those misconceptions or like your old conceptions hold you back because now now there's people coming out Okay, here's my real addressing of the haters cuz here's where people <laughs> seem really crazy is that People are still arguing. They're still trying to make the no cultural impact argument. And you sound insane when you make that argument now. Because it is a sequel to a movie that is over 10 years old. And it's almost, it's going to become like the highest grossing movie of all time. (laughs) And and I've seen so many arguments of people saying like, it has, I saw someone arguing that Morbius has more cultural impact because it had more memes. And I'm like, okay, well at this point... Cultural impact is a meaningless term if you're if you're saying like a movie should stri- if a movie wants to be if if you're holding up a movie that they put out in theaters twice and no one saw because it had memes about how shitty it was you know what I mean like what are we talking about anymore so uh, yeah. I think I, I I don't care if people don't like the movie but I think you do sound insane if you're trying to argue that there's no quote-unquote cultural impact of the most popular movie of all time the most popular Mm -hmm. set of movies you know what i mean yeah 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 and that there's no plot i'll say it i'll say it you heard it here first if you think there's no plot in avatar 2 then you are you were not then you just didn't like it and that's fine but there certainly was a plot (laughs) you know what it is is the world's filled with a ton of like normal people and we don't I feel like we don't know as many normal people. We know a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Freaks. And I don't know, talking to like coworkers and stuff like, you know, I was like asking a kid on my team who's 18 years old. Uh, actually, he brought it up like months ago. He was like, oh, I'm going, I'm going to see the Avatar re-release in theaters. And I was like, okay, cool, man. And then the new one came out and he was like, oh, did you see it? Did you see it? And I'm like, there, there's a normal per. This is a normal kid. <laughs> he's going to see avatar totally yeah of course like yeah there's more people out that out there like that than like weirdos on the internet absolutely (laughs) 
Yeah, I yeah, I um what, the the day before I went and saw it, I hung out with my uh, friend's kid who is thirteen, I guess. And she was like, oh, man, I just went and saw Avatar. And I was like, oh, sick. How was it? She was like, it was awesome. I was like, hell yeah. That's, ex- you know, simple pleasures. <laughs> um, and she was like, yeah. I had a, a, a blue raspberry uh, icy when I was there in honor of the Avatars. And I was like, this girl knows what she's doing. This is, yeah, this yeah. is right. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. If you don't, if, and this is even to you, Adriel. If you don't know mm-hmm. someone out there who likes this movie, you got you got to go talk to some more people. Yeah, you you got I got to get out more. <laughs> I got to quit yeah, working touch, touch working grass. from home. <laughs> touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, um um I also think that people like it's such a pop popular movie that I do think that a lot of people besides like these you know whatever think pieces and Twitter, people are just like, yeah, Avatar rocks. Like what like what else is there to say about it? You know, like, I think that there are probably lots of people who I know who have seen it that just are like, yeah, whatever. It's cool. It's, it was great. What did you expect? It was awesome. <laughs> uh. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Not, not everyone like us, or maybe not you, but not everyone is going in uh, to the movie, like, with, like, they're not that worried about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Like, we've been way, we're way too worried about it, which is you know, why... I, okay, I apologize. I apologize for being a hater to the haters. I also <laughs> like to hate on popular things, so yeah. like I get it. It's fine. Yeah, me too. And I, you know, the Disney. It certainly was not Disneyfied. I saw a nipple in the first five minutes, and you can take that to the bank. Um, even though I maybe imagined it, but anyway, I was worried. So of I course, mean, about part of the storyline. Being- Part of the storyline was about how, like, yeah, the whale does need to fight back, and fuck yeah, he cut that guy's arm off. Like, that is, yeah. that's sweet. And they showed, like, a horrible, brutal, disturbing scene of, like, you know, a whale getting hunted down for, like, its you know, brain or whatever. I mean, it, it just is so... This movie takes no prisoners. And um, I feel like I was worried about the Disneyfication of it because it's, you know, like a theme park it's literally in it's a whole world in animal kingdom in disney world <laughs> so i i no, think yeah. that it it really didn't lose any of its any of its magic so uh, cameron's still got the pole yeah cruise has still got the pole it's got the sauce um it, it's it's the, it's the same thing with with tom cruise do do i wish that the money was going to someone who's not like super high up in this weird cult thing <laughs> yes but uh-huh. he's one of the only guys out there doing it you know what I mean? yeah yeah um <laughs> damn at least james cameron seems like a chill guy yeah i mean i i've certainly heard people being like he's insane and tries to like uh like psychologically harm his actors but also the actors are all like hell yeah i love it like this is why i want to be an actor you know what i mean like he's not like a he's not hard to work with but that he's just so intense and like he's like no you can't take a break <laughs> like what do you mean um yeah but it's, it seems I, but like, like that I, but i'm time. everybody's like hell yeah i'll work with him again <laughs> um, yeah yeah he's like no it's not like uh you don't hear stories about like i guess him like uh, abusing them necessarily. Sure, but he's but. no like he's no like Peter Jackson who just is like a jolly dude. 
who like is everybody i mean he's really whatever he's like balls to the wall about his movies but he's not like a difficult he like gives people Mm -hmm. you know their 10 minutes when they want it (laughs) you know what i mean um so but i don't know i've i've grown i've grown to like uh james cameron more through this journey he is truly insane i mean there was all these there was all these cool set photos of him like carrying this crazy ass camera around and Mm -hmm. getting yeah he's he's out there he's he's a wild man um i don't know is there is there anything else you i feel like we covered every aspect of the movie is there anything else? oh the credits the credits come and there was that new weekend song (laughs) we knew about the weekend song before going into it i did but uh we were like no i didn't care (laughs) oh okay okay well not in a bad way i just didn't know i just i just did not know yeah the the credits song which is great we're seeing movie credit songs come back again Mm -hmm. top gun had the lady gaga song this had a new song by the weekend we heard about it before going like the day of before going to the theaters and we're like, no, on the way there, we listened to the sound, the ICU from the first movie, and we listened mm-hmm. to the soundtrack. We were full, we were so, it was so cringe, I was putting it on. Like, we, like <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm fully in on this. And then I was like, no, I want to hear the song for the first time when the credits are rolling. I want to, awesome. I'm not going to read every name on the screen, but I'm going to let them scroll by me. I'm going to sit there and just, you know enjoy that song <laughs> yeah i love the the um credit songs it's such a 90s move i just i love it yes yeah, so we need to bring back the credits rap though that's the only thing oh that's what we're missing culture is missing <laughs> yeah um yeah i think that next time i'm i would like to see it again i would like to drag margaret to it but the thing is that margaret hasn't even seen the first one and so and i think that's mm. a harder sell mm. to get her to see the first one like at home you know what I mean? To like be to, I don't know. She might I think be too far gone. It. I think I could, I, I'm, I'll, I'll try. Or I could just be like, you know what? You don't need to see the first one. You really, cause I kind of don't think you do. Yeah. I think, well, part of what I like about it is that it, it actually does just pick up. It doesn't like, it doesn't fully, it doesn't fully like give you a recap. It, it catches you up to where they are now, but it doesn't like recap things. Um, Mm -hmm. and I like that. I think it's just like, it's just, you're in it and you're just starting this new story and they will, they will explain, they explain things as you go, like from the first movie. Um, but I, I, that's one criticism I saw is people, some people being like, I didn't like remember the first movie, but I I don't know. I don't know if that was really a problem. I don't, I will will say that. I think that I, I could imagine that if, if we, if I was watching it with someone who had not seen the first one, they'd be like, "Wait, what is going on?" With and you just have to be like, "I don't know either, man." Like it's okay because there's that, that like element of like, "Am I supposed to be getting what's going on?" And I think that if you hadn't seen the first one, you might be like, "Wait, is this is this a callback? Should I know what this is?" And that would I think be that's I think a pretty fair uh, uh, yeah feeling because there are some yeah there are some obscure mysteries like mm-hmm. we said, like kiri right they'd be like what? wait am i supposed to know why kiri it's like no you don't know <laughs> yeah so yeah. you gotta yeah watch the first one watch yeah first i want one. i want to watch it again <laughs> and i want to cause, so i had um takis the in the first that was my snack i had takis and gummy bears oh yeah um mm-hmm. And then I realized, like, what a missed opportunity. There are blue Takis. They're like blue fire Takis. Oh. So oh, I am going to bring blue fire Takis and 
I'm going to fully, like, I don't know. And I would like to see it in 3D. We'll I'm going to I'm going to watch it in Next 3D. Next time we're together. I'm going to watch I'm going to have blue fire Takis, and I'm going to get, a like, a blue raspberry icy, and I'm going to just live on Pandora for three, <laughs> three hours or whatever it is. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I th- I think that's good for for this episode. It's kind of yeah. a lengthy episode we've got here. Yeah. Um, don't know what we're doing next. I didn't think this far ahead because we've been I've been in the Avatar zone. <laughs> I've been on Pandora. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me too. But you know, we'll 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 see what comes up. We'll see what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 figure it out. I really haven't been thinking that far ahead. I just have been like, I can't wait to talk to Goo about Avatar. <laughs> I got some ideas, but I don't want to talk. I don't want to say it right now. All right. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, Adriel, it was nice. It was nice talking to you. It again. was great. It was so fun per usual. And I hope that everyone's having a great start to the new year. You know, no expectations. Just let it roll. The the way the wish... way of water is the womb of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone a happy new year especially the haters and losers out there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Me too, honestly. That yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Big W to the Cameron heads out there. We did it. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. <laughs> Stay cool everyone. Stay cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs>